0: This episode is sponsored by our good Canadian friends at Dream Symbols. If you're not familiar with Dream, they make some really awesome hand-hammered, hand-crafted symbols and some gongs and special effects and all kinds of crazy, funky stuff. So check them out on their website, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and later in the show, we're going to dig into some of their new models. So here we go.
1: up everyone and welcome into episode 122 of the modern drummer podcast with mike and mike my name is mike johnston from mikeslessons.com my co-host who will be joining me shortly is mr mike dawson managing editor of modern drummer magazine after mike and i get all caught up i'll give you some information on some up clinics. after mike and i get all caught up I'll, after mike and i get all caught up i'll give you some information about some upcoming clinics that i have after after mike and i get all I seriously can't do this with you in here. It drives me nuts. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. It's the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, You're trying to go too fast. That's why your ears, like, I'm not trying to go fast. This is my my, like When I caught a little, like, a and I'm coming. You sound like one of
0: those option people. I just look (laughs) down. You're so freaky
1: anyways we'll review some gear we'll get to a bunch of your listener questions and as always we'll give you our picks of the week so let's get started one two three four yeah this
0: is our merry christmas episode yeah yeah it is and christmas uh, happy holidays whatever it is i I don't I, i think this whole myth of like Get People getting offended, the war on Christmas. I mean, who gets offended if you say Merry Christmas if you don't celebrate Christmas?
1: I mean, seriously. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I think no matter what you believe in or what you, what, you know, what you're into, I think Christmas has just become a time of year where we all reflect a little bit. We all try to give a little bit more. And we just become better humans, so that we can then dump all of that in January and <laughs> go back to being church. At least that's what I've experienced. I try not to do that myself, but that is what I've experienced. But, but so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I think I, it's like someone saying, "Have a great day." You're like, no, I'm not having a great day. You don't. No, I don't it right. believe in great days. But. <laughs> I'm a nihilist. My belief system is to never have a great day. Um, yeah, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas and uh, just have fun. Enjoy your family time. And to all of our listeners that are drummers, which is probably the vast majority of you, please enjoy some time away from the kit. There's nothing better for your drumming sometimes than time away from the kit. You'll miss it, and it's great. Don't be the fidgeter that's you know supposed to be enjoying a great family moment and you're tapping out flammadiddles on your lap. Like Just get away <laughs> from it for a little while. I promise when you get back to it, it'll... Uh, you'll, you'll be so energized to be back on the drums
0: yeah for sure I mean taking a little break for me like I you know last week I wasn't feeling so great so I didn't practice so much and, and when I finally got back into working on my single stroke role which has been my year and a half long thing it was it was bad like I was struggling mm, I feel like I yeah. dropped back to where I was a year ago but then today I added five BPM, so it was just like my body needed the reset, and then
1: all the neurons are
0: firing. So yeah, I I can celebrate three more BPM to my single stroke. Nice.
1: Now, okay, so is your single stroke roll accent free? Oh yeah, you put an accent in there.
0: Well, yeah, what I'm doing is I'm using this one exercise. It's from Bill Bachman's Stick Technique, and it's it's I think it's yeah, it's a full measure of sixteenth notes with each hand, and then you add thirty second notes gradually to Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. backside. So then eventually you're playing two entire measures of 30-second notes. So that's my exercise that I do. So it's not really like – if I I can play that exercise at 105, I could probably sit down and just play a single stroke roll faster than that. But it's this exercise is very endurance heavy. So to be able to get to the end of it and be able to play two full measures – so I'm using that as my barometer. So I can play that exercise at 105. I started a year ago at like eighty-nine, ninety.
1: Wow, that's not bad, uh, especially on singles. And – one one thing that people don't understand is when you're first starting out with the drums. Let's say we choose the double stroke roll, you can make a, a twenty to thirty BPM increase in two weeks because you're totally. so new and you're. Yeah. And then once you actually get a legit double stroke roll, going from two twenty five to two twenty seven is pretty massive. Totally, yeah, something to be celebrated. I, I kind of work on the similar
0: process with some of my younger students and i just had them you know i just taught them how to stretch and then all of a sudden they could play 15 bpm faster because they'd never in their life stretched out their hand tendons before yeah isn't that crazy yeah
1: Yeah, and a lot of drummers it's funny what they'll do is to to stretch what they do is they play drums for 20 minutes and they're like yeah somewhere around 20 minutes i just hit the zone it's like well, no, you just got loose. Finally, You yeah, could have just done that. Could have did that in thirty <laughs> seconds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I mean, for some people, it, it it could be also a brain thing where they just need to also stretch out their mind and, and free that up. But a lot of times, it is a physical thing. I've been working on my single stroke roll just because I've got a um, the camp here coming up with Carter McLean, and I just know at some point he's going to show off his singles, <laughs> and I just I just want to be able to be like. I can kind of do that, you know, <laughs> rather than just being just clubbing it out with like two B's, what it feels like. So the one thing that I don't have, and and this is probably something that you're mastering at the moment, is I have a single stroke roll that is like a light switch. I turn it on mm-hmm. and those are my singles, but there's no pulse to it in my mind. Mo- I don't know where I'm at. I'm right, just literally right. playing as even and as fast as I can. If you put on a metronome and had me do those same singles, I'd probably drop down about 40 BPM that, to be able yeah, to keep yeah. track of it. That was
0: a big part yeah. of this workout for me. Was I have the metronome clicking on the offbeats, so I'm really conscious of how every single thirty second note is landing.
1: Ugh. So and it's without very accents, controlled. that's tough. Yeah,
0: no accents. Everything is at like a half stroke volume, and it's yeah. It, so it's also a timing exercise. So Be able to hear yeah. a single stroke roll, hear thirty second notes, and know where the offbeats are landing, and actually can hear when I'm flamming or not. That's that's also part of the objective. It's been, you know, I have never practiced like this completely neurotic before but it it proves that it does work <laughs>
1: you, know? you know what it proves is what we said probably on episode one go practice yeah right just practice pick anything goal. just yeah. pick something and do it you'll get better that's how it works man uh so are you staying in town for the holidays no i'm leaving i'll go down to my parents house so it'll be
0: a couple days with just you know my parents and, and my little pack and then my brother brings his Giant pack, and then we have chaos in the house (laughs) for a couple days with four dogs. How many many kids does he have? He's got three kids and two dogs, and I got two dogs. So it'll be four dogs, three kids, six adults in one house.
1: (laughs) Man, God, I wish I could. No, I don't at all. I don't have any desire (laughs) to go there. I'm going down to Southern California, uh, do the family thing down there. Three dogs, or sorry, one dog, three kids. Um, But the beauty is. This go, This flies in the face of everything I said about taking a break. The beauty is that I gave my nephew a drum set, uh, a legit nice. drum set. So it's in his bedroom, and all I got to do is be like, oh, you guys are all going out to the ice skating rink? I'm just, ah, God, my stomach just... I go full uh, Ferris Bueller, and I lick my palms. And I'm like, I don't feel good. And then they all leave, and I just rip on his kit. <laughs> and it's perfect. So. What, what do you do with your dogs? Uh, we have a, like a a doggy daycare place here okay, where you cool. don't it's so sad like we rent them sweets what? um and yeah you, you can put them just in a straight kennel but but jack and juno get sweets they have flat screen tvs in their room they each get their own bed it's good oh, stuff man. um so yeah so i'll drop them off uh just lost some cool points um <laughs> There's, I'm sure there's drummers out there like, dude, I leave my dog in the backyard for three days. We just put a huge bag of food out there. It's all good. He just hunts rabbits. Um, He's good to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we don't. My wife and I don't have kids, so just like you, we treat our dogs like our kids. So um, Hunts oh, rabbits. <laughs> that's, so, that's so manly. Oh, man.
0: Anyway, let's talk about your clinics coming up. What, what's the deal?
1: Where yeah, are you man. at? I'm stoked about it. I've got uh, just a little West Coast run, um, and these are clinics that I'm doing to start to prepare myself for upcoming drum festivals that I have coming up, uh, like the UK Drum Show, and I think I might be doing the Ralph Angelio... I can't say his last name, but... Formerly the Montreal Drum Fest. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I might be doing that. We're trying to work out the dates. So uh, January 5th... uh, Let's check the day of the week on that. Uh, January 5th, which is a Friday, I'll be at Bentley's Drum Shop in Fresno, California, and that's at 6 p.m. If you live... I would say, honestly even within five hours of driving distance, make it out to that one to see the shop. I'll be there and I'll play some drums and it'll be neat, but go there to see the shop. Bentley's Drum Shop is just one of those amazing drum shops that everyone should see at some point in their life. So uh, that's January 5th, Friday, January 5th at 6 p.m. Then the next day, I'm going to be playing my hometown, Sacramento, California. I'll be at Skip's Music, and that's a 1 p.m. clinic. That's Saturday, so hopefully everybody can make it out to that. And my band's going to be playing there. So Man on the Moon. Well, I was like, that's going to be so weird being in Sacramento and playing the tracks of my band that lives in this town. Yeah, right. But what's cool is it'll be the same as my normal clinic. It's like, well, this is where I would have pressed the space bar to play this track. So Dean and Q, come on up. Uh, So that'll be on uh, January 6th, 1 p.m. And then I've got a day to drive up to Portland, Oregon. And once again, if you've never been to this shop and you're within four or five hours driving distance, please come out January 8th. That is a Monday, and we're doing an 11 a.m. clinic at Revival Drum Shop. And Revival Wait. is kind of the leader in the clubhouse as far as drum shops carrying vintage gear. That's that's heaven. And I'm bringing some cash. I got a new <laughs> snare wall in my lobby. I'm bringing some oh, cash. No. And I'm coming home. You are and I felt totally bad. I, into it now. I'm addicted, dude. I felt horrible. I, uh, the, my contact at Revival right now for this clinic is Jake. And... uh we were kind of setting everything up and i'm like man i'm so excited and i'm uh i'm totally coming home with some snares and i think he thought i meant you better hook me up with some snares um and because he kind of gave me like a cool you know and then i was like no 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 i'm buying i'll buy it no you don't i'm not i'm not gonna walk in and be like i'll take that and that, and that. um so yeah, I'm excited. Nice. So do you treat your pre
0: festival clinics like a stand up comic does like kind of irons out the routine and edits out the yes.
1: bad jokes and Absolutely. Yeah, well, I try to make sure that all the all the jokes need to be in the moment. I try to make sure that anything that is meant to be funny happen is is based off the moment that's happening. I yeah. never have anything um you know, like if I'm doing the my little version of the the timeline the day you started and here's buddy Rich, and we're all in the in the middle, that's not meant to be funny, so I don't mind saying that in every city that I go to because mm. it's meant to be inspirational, but I would never bring like a bum bump bump kind of like <laughs> joke um. Because the thing is you don't need to the moment of a drum clinic is freaking hilarious- like it is. you know yeah. someone's cell phone is gonna go off. you know someone you're gonna when you are being deep someone will sneeze like yeah you, you, it's just kind of like I just wait for it to take shape, but I do iron out the format like yeah, I remember i used to I used to always walk out to the front of the stage and try to get people pumped up a little bit you know uh when I did your guys' thing at uh What was that? On the stage. Drum days. Yeah. Drum days. When I did that, I remember I was still in that mode of like, you know, run out on stage. I'm like, woo! all right, (laughs) let's do this. You know, it was (laughs) like, that was my role in the drumming community. Um, (laughs) And then eventually I toned it down and came out and was like, let's get deep, you know. And now where I'm at is... I've made a name for myself as a drummer too. I don't. I don't really need to be like, "Hey, everybody, my name's Mike Johnston. I have a website." I just come out and sit down on the kit and play my first track. That's yeah. how it all starts. Um, so yeah. So I do, but I do iron out the format of the clinic, and then I also try to think educationally and performance what is the climax of this? Like, I don't want to do the coolest stuff and then the clinic gets progressively more and more boring. (laughs) I want them to think like, man, that was amazing. And and in my head, I'm like, I haven't even blown your mind yet. You know, Mm. Um, the other thing that I do that I don't know how many drummers do this only because I attend a lot of clinics. I don't really see it a lot. I make sure that my clinics are just as much for the non-drummer that came to the clinic with the drummer. How do you do that? you make it about life uh, you make it about dedication to focus uh you show them simple things. you make you make amazing craft out of simple things every non-drummer in the world can grasp the concept of right left kick mm. you play an amazing solo out of right left kick and then everyone's on board for it oh, yeah. uh, but if i go in there and i you know polyrhythmic metric modulate the beat displaced <laughs> flama flipple it's like <laughs> you know the husbands that came with the chick drummers and the and the wives that came with the dude drummers they're all tuning out. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I try to make sure that the, like that's my best compliment that I can get is when the mom of a drummer comes up to me and says, "I've had the time of my life. I didn't I didn't even want to come to this thing, but my son or daughter wanted to come and I just had so much fun because I'm inspired to now go back to my job and do great things." And it's like, "Cool. That's that's my role in the drumming community, I feel." take get. I mean, I I always have a moment at some point in the middle of the hour
0: where you know my my personality splits and I'm observing myself from afar and I just start making yeah. fun of myself in my head like what are you doing like what the heck <laughs> is this it happens every single time
1: that's awesome and man.
0: inevitably that's when I just say I'd kind of like break the you know it's like you you step out of the scene and be like, this is ridiculous. You guys all realize how ridiculous this is. We're in a yeah, room that's good.
1: <laughs> talking drums. <laughs> that's good, too. I mean, to let them know what's what's going on. I think also for guys like myself and you, the goal for us tends to be letting or making sure that people know, hey, we're really in this together. We're all the same person. You know, I, I feel like sometimes when you're attending a clinic of one of the you know uber drummers out there sometimes you feel like yeah we're not in this together you're on a different yeah, playing yeah. field true. you know but you and i are kind of like the everyman drummer that just honestly we kind of won the lottery with our life like we had supportive parents we had parents that could financially afford lessons for us we had dedication and we had parents that encouraged us to chase silly dreams like being a musician and so right.
0: yeah.
1: it's kind of like i am you if you put in the exact same hours so That's at least what I want to give to the crowd. Dig it. So where are those dates again?
0: December 5th? I mean January
1: 5th. (laughs) Damn it, Dawson. Everybody's going to be going to Bentley's on the wrong day. Okay, January 5th, (laughs) Bentley's Drum Shop, 6 p.m. January 6th, Skip's Music, 1 p.m. And the Man on the Moon will be playing during the clinic. January 8th, Revival Drum Shop, 11 a.m. It's a weird start time, but I think it'll be awesome. I've never done an 11 a.m. clinic, so I think it's going to be fantastic. Nice. Um, Pass the coffee so or we'll, green tea or whatever out. Green tea, yes, it'll be. I'll, I'll I'll buy green tea for everybody. I know that that one. By the way, if you want to come to the revival drum shop one, that one is limited to I think 75 people, so you need to call them an RSVP. Please do that. I want to see you there. All right, let's get into it. Yeah, what are we talking about? Are we going to go with some drum nerdery,
0: or do we want to talk about a, a cool dude first? Where are we at?
1: No, I, I'd say we go straight to listener questions and get the <laughs> hell out of here. I've got full construction going on in my building. Uh, no, let's talk about uh, Rick's article in the January issue about taking basic three-note patterns. And I think initially when people think about three-note patterns... <laughs> It's natural, but their mind immediately jumps jumps to triplets.
0: Yeah, and true, that's probably true. the
1: one place that I never accent every third note. Um, a, oh, yeah, just like straight triplets. Yeah, I, I, it's very rare. I'm going da 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 da. It's like right. you know, in that subdivision, I don't hit every third note. Um, I mean, unless musically it was needed. But when I'm practicing threes, it's generally inside of sixteenth notes or eighth notes. Or um, you know combinations of things like mm-hmm. that. So, and that's what Rick's showing right off the bat is okay. We're used to playing one e and a two e and a three e and a four e and a. But if you take this rhythm of one e and a two e and a three e and a four and a four and a, uh, which because he has those sixteenth uh, note triplets yeah. at the end, I think what he's showing in this article is something that everyone needs to learn, which is how far you can take one idea
0: simple simple idea that's what i love about it yes it's what i try to instill in any lesson that i give anyone it's like look don't ask me for more stuff because there's what you can already do there's (laughs) a lot of potential there like (laughs) uh so
1: wait how long have you been playing drums honestly
0: Uh, It'll be 30 years, actually, this this Christmas.
1: And you said you're currently working on playing right, left, right, left? (laughs) Yeah, right. Right? You're currently working on singles. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot to do with this instrument, man. Like It's it's endless. You know, one thing I would love to see, and this would be a cool thing if, if Rick did part two of this article. The current Instagram drummer... Wants number eight on his exercise. So if you start at one, they want to start with number eight. Yeah, right. Because they want like, show me how cool it is. Well, by the way, I have no idea why every drummer in my head talks like that. But anyways, (laughs) um, what I would love to see is reverse that article. Put the hardest thing first and keep reverse engineering it all the way down to the basics of what made it what it was. Um, Okay. Go from the walking human being all the way down to the microbe, in this, you know, <laughs> yeah. in the puddle. Um, just because I, I think that'd be a cool thing to see. Like, hey, this amazingly complex thing is nothing. It's literally one e and a two e and a three e and a four and a four and a. Four and, a and it's like, oh, all that came from that. You know, it'd, it'd be a different way to teach. Um, it's my concept, uh, or it's the concept of. Show the dessert first, and then I can get you to get into the vegetables. Um, yeah, that's know. that's not a bad idea. I should recommend. It. He doesn't.
0: He actually stops short of doing all of the extra uh, variations that I think we could dig into now. Like he, right. So the, the article is in the January issue, and and it's essentially three beats of sixteenth notes and one beat of sextuplet, and you can move that sux, sextuplet to the, each beat, and then that. You know right. that shifts
1: your three note accents in different spots of the measure. That alone right. is a lot of fuel to just. Dude, I love that he moved it to the. You know, not just to different downbeats. The the fact that he moved it to the end of two yeah, is exactly. really cool.
0: So you have this series um, of what is it? One, two, three, four, three note groupings in sixteenth notes, and then you have two three note groupings as sextuplets. Yep. So you, and you just shift where the sextuplets land in the measure. And it, it sounds like a totally new vocabulary, but it's nothing but that's one that one bit right. of information.
1: And then you start changing the orchestration a little bit, bring in some bass drum make it a little more linear and yep. now it's like people can't so yeah I mean maybe something for the future of MD would be reverse engineering the lick start with a complicated lick and get it all the way back down to its most basic subdivision with no orchestration and even no accents yeah Just, right. This is where it started you know keep taking things out of it yeah, because cool he
0: stops at um so he replaces the third note of each three with the bass drum and he moves the first note of each three to the hi hat. Yeah. And that's where he, that's all the room we had, but you could also then start, all right, well let's add doubles to one of these notes. Let's add flams yeah. to one of these notes. And it just let's becomes replace one this, of the bass drums with left foot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It becomes this endless, you know, it's I think you could just improvise with that for forever and it always sound like fresh yeah. ideas
1: and i think that that's the tough thing for educators to get across i mean i i've been you know doing this thing my whole life and it's been a double life i've been a student longer than i've been a teacher and then eventually my my studies became studying the teacher and the delivery as much as the content itself mm-hmm. because i want to improve my teaching and so I think if I was to look at this thing, I'm actually not learning the lick. That's like the surface surface of it. What I'm learning is how deep you can go on anything you come up with.
0: Yeah, and
1: then it's like it's almost like you know teach a man to fish type of thing. Yeah, this thing teaches me to go back and take a look at everything I've ever learned in my life and think, oh, I could do that same process with everything. Yeah, Um, it's being way more patient.
0: It's for me. I've learned a lot about this from doing a little bit of meditation, just a little bit. And then, because hmm. there's always this point where you're like a minute and two minutes in where you're just like, oh God, can this be over? And then something switches where you get to like five to 10 minutes in where time just ceases to exist. Yeah. And that for me, it, it translates directly to the practice room. The first 10 minutes, I'm like, okay, I think I've done everything I can possibly do out of this thing. But if I keep going, all of a sudden, my hands do something different or I hear it, a different rhythm and it just takes it to a whole new level. So I think just the and patience... You don't-
1: You don't think that's the ayahuasca or the DMT? No? (laughs) I'm just kidding. You can edit that out. I don't even know what that is. It doesn't
0: matter. Uh, uh, Anyway. I mean, yeah, maybe. No, I don't do that stuff. Come on. I know. That's why I can make the joke. Could you imagine Not that there's you anything I, wrong with that? I guess I don't
1: know. <laughs> could you imagine you and I trying to do this podcast on mushrooms or on LSD? It'd be a rough go, man. Yeah, um, no, I don't. I think I'd probably just laugh for an hour and then that'd be it. Man. We'd Be done. <laughs> if we could just put a microphone in the uh, a microphone and an earpiece in my float tank, then I, I mean, I'd be like, dude, have you ever thought? All yeah, well, right, that's so, got to be the same thing
0: with the float tank. You know, you get like ten yes. minutes in, and all of a sudden, you're in a whole different plane of thinking, and you're
1: you're. It, it is, and you're right. For the first three minutes, all that's coming to your mind is I'm going to be stuck in here for an hour. Yeah, I'm bored right. out of my mind, and then that's the whole point. Is eventually that boredom turns into freedom and then you explore things it, it's funny you know I've, I've got these clinics coming up and the thing that i thought last night as i was going to bed and kind of planning out the clinic and my mind was racing too fast i was like oh, i gotta schedule a float i gotta i gotta work this out in the tank because mm. that's the only place i can quiet my mind so so yeah i think if you guys check out um the uh it's in the rock perspective section of the current issue of modern drummer uh, the article by rick is it grattan or graton i've
0: always said regretton i mean i i do you remember okay. his like instructional video from the early '90s? Yes, that was like what I when I first discovered this this linear concept mm-hmm. and odd groupings and how to you know like apply different rules to certain patterns, like replace the bass drum with the left foot or add a double mm-hmm. stroke. I think it's all kind of goes back to Gary Chaffee's teachings in a way, but yes. That video Absolutely. was huge for me. It was like one of the first instructional videos that I got. That was like, "Whoa, this thing is jammed with information." It wasn't just a bunch of performances and some talking. That was mm-hmm. like,
1: and relatable information where you're like, "I could go do this right now." Yeah, you know, that's what yeah. I've always loved about about simple groupings is, and, and it's it's tough getting people to understand the difference between groupings and subdivisions takes a while because mm. every time I do something in threes. Guaranteed, someone on Instagram or Facebook will say like, "Yeah, I love triplets," and I'm like, "Well, so do I, but there's none in this. Triplets are a subdivision, right? right, Yeah, (laughs) you know, I'm (laughs) I'm hitting every third note in thirty second notes or in quintuplets, but I'm not playing any triplets. Um, So, but I, I think that this stuff is so relatable to just the general drummer so i love it as well yeah check out accented three note groupings by rick Ratton. it's in the current issue of modern drummer okay before we get into our featured drummer we got to go back in time we got to talk about the intro yeah we uh, totally skipped over the intro groove that's because it was so it was so dope that way ha- that was like total steve gad vibe but not ah, plagiarism yeah, right right i mean it had its own thing but it was kind of like oh it's got that steve gad vibe. great sounds by the way
0: that, yeah, a little bit of the uh, with the Tom hits and was that Fifty Ways to Leave
1: Your Lover? Is that the song that's sort of yeah, like that totally had that little vibe, little 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 double stroke roll leading into the downbeat. Uh, but that was fantastic. So so I'm going to you yeah, butcher your I'm going to your name.
0: Oh. L U T Z Lutz or is it Lutz or what is it? How about this? You call him Lutz, I'll
1: call him Lutz. All right, oh, <laughs> uncle. thanks for your submission, Lutz Lundberg. Lutz. <laughs> <laughs> All of our faces are covered. That was fantastic. Killer groove. All right. Let's get into our featured drummer. So this is Joe from the New Pornographers. Man, is it Ciders or Cedars? Ciders, I hope, because he's a good buddy of mine. (laughs) Um, Well... That's awesome. He's like, man, we, I've known you for 15 years. You don't know how to say my last name? I don't know. We always text. Um, <laughs> That's true. So Joe Siders from the New Pornographers. And I was listening to their newest album today and just thinking, like, like okay, this is how to be influenced by something without copying it and pushing it forward. Like, very 80s vibe, but yep. totally not a ripoff of the 80s at all. And I can hear drum set on it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, but you still have to play like it's almost programmed. That's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. No, he and he actually came into this band.
0: Uh, it's probably been a couple of years now, but he there's a this is a Canadian band and the original drummer Kurt Dahl. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Okay, but really fantastic player with a real kind of like real visual Keith Moon kind of a style. So okay. one of those gigs were like, oh, who's gonna who's gonna replace that dude? You know, like good luck, right. like real energetic, real visual. Uh, okay. And Joe, you know, he's, it's funny because he's really like the antithesis of that. He's not a real kind of over-the-top player or person. Right. He's one of the most kind of chill, cool guys I've ever met. But he—he, he, you can tell that he still just has a certain command. It's like a calm confidence where it's a, yeah. a little bit less of the kind of like crazy confidence and just the calm kind of confidence. But the coolest part is he really got that gig because he can sing. Because a lot of that, yeah. those songs are like multi-part harmonies, right? And he's, you know, yeah, he's a great drummer. But the fact that he can hit all those harmonies was like, okay, you're our guy. I mean, that's that's one wow. of those skills that, like, I wish I would have listened to my mom when she said, "Take piano lessons and
1: and take and join the choir." <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, never I, did it. I uh, I yeah, I, <laughs> I was under no disillusion at an early age that that was not going to be my jam and. Uh, <laughs> It's like, hey, is there any way you could sing? Right at that point, I was like, no, there is no way. Yeah, uh, yeah. You're lucky that my voice doesn't crack when I count us off. <laughs> so I actually tried in one of my bands right after college because the the
0: the singer was a John Lennon freak and he wanted everything to have that like doubled vocal kind okay. of vibe. Sure. But I had no idea that I was singing an octave lower than him on everything. Like I had no, I couldn't tell. And so when I listened right. to a live recording, I'm like, "Who is that monster back there? Like growling?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was terrible, and that was it. I'm like, nope, never again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. But you know, I I just totally appreciate it when I see it, and then I also love to when they actually turn the drummer's vocal mic on? Yeah. Because sometimes you see that guy back there, but I'm like, I don't (laughs) even hear any of that. But when the drummer can really sing and really add to the song, and especially if they're not just copying, um, if they're not just singing harmony, but maybe they're singing like a background vocal line that's going underneath the lead line, and you can hear them, it's like, oh, this is awesome. You know, Taylor Hawkins is great, helps out that whole situation. Um, But yeah, I think when I started getting into this stuff and watching Joe play listening to the band i just i don't know there was something really cool about hearing real drum tones in these vibes these sonic landscapes and these rhythmic landscapes that i was used to hearing programmed drums yeah
0: totally yeah they're they're very much like a, a live band I and mean, they've been around for a long time um it's it's a cool gig for joe i know he's super stoked because he was a huge fan of the band as well uh, i met oh, him that's the best gosh i met him probably Going on six, seven years ago, I went to see Capital Cities and uh, fits the tantrums. And the opening okay. band was this. They kind of stole the show. It was it was Joe's band. I um, think they were called. Uh, I can't remember. what They were called, unfortunately. <laughs> but, but they were good. But they were so really. good. Beat Club. I think they were called Beat Club. Okay. So I was there to to hang out with the guy from Capital Cities, and then I just met joe backstage I was like dang this guy is like one of the most like down-to-earth humble cool dudes so we just wow. stayed friends ever since and then you know because he's been doing a lot of stuff a lot of studio stuff and he toured with uh blue you know the guy blue you know, i think he wrote one of the mm-hmm. spider-man yeah. soundtrack songs juliana hetfield tracy Bonham, he's uh adam lambert he's kind of been just a, a journeyman guy right. so when i found out he got this gig i was like all right man you landed in, he's in a band like a a big band they're playing all over so it's super cool again one of the nicest guys in the business so it's it's cool to see the good guys you know land the good gigs from time to time for sure
1: and you're not going to find a ton of you know solo chops of him on on youtube and stuff he's he's too busy yeah exactly he's too busy being a drummer so uh but you can see a lot of uh live stuff with them uh, and I'm really happy that I chose the album to listen to that I did because it's his first album with them. And yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's his only album with them. Yeah, just, so this is it. So I would D-D-D. hate that if I was listening to a bunch of old stuff and I'm like, oh, the pocket's so deep. And then I mentioned it and then he had to write it and be like, yeah, I wasn't on that. Um, so the current album is called uh, Whiteout Conditions. That's uh, released in this year, actually. And I'm telling you guys, if you're a fan of what Mike and I have always talked about with the um, – uh the aaron sterling kind of drum sounds of you know snares and and just almost sounding sampled but there's just something there that lets you know i think somebody's playing that check out this album it's really cool the other thing that i really got out of this album is because he's not a flashy all over the place drummer i practiced along to this album as my metronome today for about an hour and a half oh that's cool yeah, I just turned it on. It's it's rock solid. You yeah. Know? Um. Because I don't like playing along to bands generally. I usually play along to R and B or trip hop or anything that has programmed drum machine. Because mm-hmm. I don't want to fight the drummer when I'm practicing. Yeah. And he plays so solid. I was like, yeah, I could just leave it on, and I'm not having to fight him every fourth bar for his drum fill. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't think yeah. there's too
0: many thirty-second note fills on that record. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, chops for days Joe um, but no I mean the the playing is fantastic the drum tones are incredible so yeah if you guys uh, just need to chill out your drum brain for a second and listen to some great music with some great drumming check out uh, it's the new Pornographers and the album is called White Out Conditions uh, the title track I wish I had my phone with me so I could see the track list the title track is a great song and then song three i don't know if it's one of their singles but it's it's fantastic as well i played i put that one on repeat for quite a while oh i think it's uh called high ticket attractions so definitely check that stuff out it's really cool all right Let's get into some not quite candy, because no one's going to get to hear this. We've
0: got to thank Dream for sponsoring the show. First. Man. They are a sponsor. They've been a longtime sponsor at this point, and, and our most consistent sponsor. So thank you, Dream, for supporting the show. i just reviewed their naughty saucer. It'll be in the I believe the issue comes out at the NAM Show, but I just wanted to drop in a little teaser of, of what this weird naughty saucer can do if you put it on top of a symbol)
1: Fantastic. I guess we all got to get a naughty saucer. Uh, <laughs> now, let's get into the Focusrite Scarlett 18i20 audio interface and OctoPre dynamic mic pre-expansion unit. Holy hell. Yes. That's a mouthful.
0: Yes, I think we talked about this probably, I don't know, 40 50 episodes ago when they when they actually sponsored the show, but I wanted to kind of go a little bit deeper into what this thing is. So, Focusrite is a you know, pretty legendary company for i think they were started yeah they were
1: started by the rupert neve so i mean wow i uh, didn't know that yes yeah, so th- i had wow it was You're telling company. me i could have saved three grand on my neve pre's and just uh i ain't saying you're a sucker them. but <laughs> okay <laughs> that's also actually i do have a scarlet uh what is it the two i two or two and two yeah um, yeah i have like that the small version too um that i use all the time yeah um so, th- but these are, this is second generation stuff. So, this is supposedly got higher gain with lower noise, right? Yeah. On the pre's.
0: Exactly. I mean, they they just kind of bumped everything up a bit. Uh, it's this, I think it's, what is the connections? I think you can get a Thunderbolt or a USB. Um, and so, there's, there's an eight channel interface, which is the 18i20 that has eight microphone, has eight Focusrite. Mike prees in the back and a lot of studios i like project style studios i go to they usually have an eight channel focus right mike prees. seems to be just like a go-to for you know not million dollar studios but still good quality stuff
1: right so is you, it is it eight on the back or is it six on the back two
0: in the front it is for that it's two in the front and then six on the in the back so you okay. can you can plug you know a guitar or something drum okay so right
1: that's there. that was going to be my question i've always wondered <laughs> why there might be um um XLRs or quarters on the front. Is that for that, like, let's say I just recorded the drum kit and now we're going to overdub guitars. Is that that's why they have that so you don't have to reach around the entire rig? Totally. That's you can exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, you can and that's why they're a, quarters also. Exactly. You
0: can plug a, 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 a regular cables. guitar cable into it or a microphone that cable. makes sense. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it's pretty flexible. It'd be cool if you have, like, drum machines. You want to just quickly get them into the Yeah,
1: interface. or like, I hate to, you know, bring back Aaron uh, Aaron Sterling, but you know, if you want to then come back into the studio and then just record just the tambourine with a, yeah. with a mic. You don't have to reach around the back. Deal exactly. with all the cables.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. So that's the interface uh, itself. Um, and then they also offer, and that interface is, I couldn't believe the price of it. So what is it? It is, where the heck is the price? Did I not include the price
1: in the review? Not really. <laughs> not the one I'm looking at. Okay, so. How about you tell me about the next thing and I'll look this up. <laughs> The next thing is called the OctoPre
0: Dynamic, which gives you eight additional mic inputs that can interface directly with the 18i20. And it also comes okay. with a compressor on every channel, which is oh, wow. super cool. You can really kind of, I mean, you can use it for subtle compression or you can go extreme, like on your room mics and get them kind of pumping, really kind of breathing yeah. with the track. Uh, so the whole thing both of those so you get 16 mic inputs plus eight channels that have uh compression, compression. on it it's You'd about a done. thousand bucks for that. yeah the the uh
1: the focus rate scarlet 18 i20 is somewhere in the 450 to 500 dollars range which is insane insane yeah <laughs> for eight channels of super clean pre's yeah yeah i mean it's insane and an interface so Very then, shape. and they also give you
0: a few of their pretty popular plugins. The Red Two EQ is a really popular Focusrite EQ, and oh, they give cool, you the, the Red Compressor, which is a legendary compressor by Focusrite. I think even uh, Chris Lord Alge uses the Red, the, the hardware Red on his okay. all of his mixes. So you get all that. I mean, it's this is like you know, I'm, 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 whenever anyone says, "What should I get if I want to start a studio?" I always say, "Get the best thing you can afford. Give it the most inputs possible." for this package, 1000 bucks. I think it's almost a no-brainer.
1: Like, yeah, and you can control the um the whole thing from you can get a Focusrite app and control it from your phone or from your iPad. So you can control the gains. Uh yep. you can be on the drum set, see that it's peaking, not have to run into the studio. That's one of the toughest things for me. My pre's and my interface are so far away from the kit that I almost have to record, then look at the wave files to find out I was peaking. Yeah. Um, you need, like, an so assistant. it's a nice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to be able to have it right on your iPad and just turn down the gain that way.
0: Yeah, it also has two headphone headphone outputs. So you can have separate control over that, separate mixes. It's really it's awesome. pretty powerful. I mean, it's I'm shocked at how good it sounded. I mean, it's, it sounded clean, which for most people oh, that's got to what use you it. want. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, fantastic! I
0: did. It just sounded just clean, which I just want that. I don't want a ton of you know color because then you can do that later right. with plugins and stuff. Right. It just sounded clean, accurate, gave me a pretty pure drum sound, cymbal sound. Um you know. And I mean I I paid way over that for what I'm using now. <laughs> I mean, right. It's insane. Uh, so, yeah, is, man. The the compressor I think was kind of a sealed the deal for me. Like wow I can cool. you can dial in the compression before it goes into the computer so you're not using plugins to do compression. Pretty neat. Even if it's just something like just the kick drum, just a little bit of control, so, so everything kind of evens out a little bit.
1: Yeah, just has that smoothness. Awesome. Well, definitely, uh, everyone check out the Focusrite scarlet eighteen i twenty audio interface and the Octo Pre Dynamic Mic Pre Expansion Unit. So, if you if eight channels, like for me, eight channels sounds like a wonderland because I've been using two channels for right. so long. Right. But it, I mean, in reality, I use I use five every day because Nate's got a microphone. Amber's got a microphone. I've got a lapel mic, yeah. and then I've got two drum mics. So, you know, uh, you know, I think eight channels is just a minimum because you might want to expand at some point.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially then especially if you, have multiple toms that that just messes everything yeah. up. I mean, I use sixteen, yeah. and without even being extravagant, it's sixteen channels. Really? Cuz I have, you know, a pair of room mics, a close room mic, a pair of overheads. I always have four tom mics just ready to go just depending on whatever kit I'm right. having to pull
1: in. It just it just adds up real fast. It does, yeah. All right, we'll check it out and you can find <coughs> it on all of your online retailers or hopefully your local music stores as well. Ready to get into some questions? Yeah, so our first one is This
0: one's from Christian over in London. Says I've been working on bringing my technique back on the practice pads as I can't play my drums where I live, and I'm I was feeling pretty good about it. Uh, I al- I feel I was always a fairly creative drummer, good at improvising and good at playing without a band. Um, but when I t- went when I took my kit to a studio to practice, I felt lost. The sound and volume hmm. of everything was intimidating. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you had any advice on this. He says. Um, I'm going to go again uh, and use headphones or earplugs or something like that, but any advice on what we would suggest to
1: get over this well that well, first of all, just know Christian that that's extremely normal. I experience that a lot in my camps with campers that only own an electronic drum set and they 've never played without hearing protection they've never they 've never just sat on a drum set and played it, or maybe they have very infrequently. And they're just like, gosh, I, I can't, I can't get it to be quiet enough. And it's like, yeah, drums are loud, man. Like, so I think one thing you can do is start practicing on your pad much quieter, much quieter, lower stick heights. Mm. Imagine what that would sound like on a snare drum. I always. Do that, like you know. If I see a student, and we're working on a specific hand pattern, and I see their sticks are coming up to full strokes and they're rim shotting my pads. I'm like, <laughs> dude, that's arena rock. What are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I think bringing things down on the pad will help a little bit. But the other thing too is, it, you you might have to just accept the fact that this is kind of this little chunk of time in your life life won't always be like this and do your best to find a drum set that you can get to on a weekly basis, whether it be at a rehearsal space or, um, you know, a friend's house or, um, I'm not a fan of going to music stores to practice. I don't like that. (laughs) Let's not condone Uh, that. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't stand that, especially when I'm shopping. Some guys like thinking that they're filming, uh, Insta chops, 96 or something. I'm like, dude, stop. Um, but you know that or the other thing too is taking private lessons maybe this is a time for you to take private lessons and you're on your teacher's kit all the time so there's different ways to go about it what do you think man
0: yeah i think there's no way to uh, around it i mean the drum set is a loud instrument and if your ears aren't accustomed to it it's going to be really offensive for a while i think um, mm-hmm. i almost never sit down at the kit and and not have some kind of hearing protection whether it's you know my in-ears or headphones or those eraser earplugs because I really right. can't stand the harshness of a drum set by itself. When I play gigs, all the, all that sound gets absorbed by the room and the other instruments. I don't feel that I have to do that, but I mm-hmm. very rarely sit down on my kit and just practice without the hearing protection on. So right. I think that's just something to get used to as well.
1: But yeah, I mean, I think you just have to you have to just get on a kit as much as you can. I, yeah, I, I agree. And I think you just have to be okay with the fact that you might have a chunk of your life where you go yeah like for that year and a half i just had to be on the pad all the time but bring the volume down on the pad a lot of it is just being able to control how loud you play the instrument you know um i remember seeing mark juliana play some sextuplet stuff on a snare that was like as probably as fast if not a little faster than i could play at my max but he was doing it at you know triple pianissimo and he had so much control and then i just asked him "I'm like how did you practice that I mean obviously but I mean do you really make that a focus and he's like man gigging life in New York if I play louder than that I'm fired yeah that's true he's like but I have to play with the intensity of you know (laughs) of Elvin Jones but I got to be at this volume in doing my New York jazz gigs I was like oh cool so um, Mm -hmm. we all go through it buddy the other thing you could do would be, like, don't take
0: your china or anything harsh-sounding. Like, get rid of whatever <laughs> sounds harsh. If, if your snare yeah. drum sounds harsh, it's probably tuned way too high. If, you know, if your yeah. crashes sound harsh, they're probably too heavy or too bright. Yep. So just strip totally it down. Yeah. Find the sounds that are more satisfying. There uh, you go. Okay, next one comes from—oh, I'm going to totally butcher this name. Apology <laughs> in advance. San- Sanivas or Sanivas? Sanivas is going to be my hmm? my guess. Yep. yep uh, just fine. When playing odd groupings such as fives and sevens over 4-4, four, four, where you go over the bar line for multiple bars, how do you keep track of the one? Ooh,
1: man, nobody wants to count. Uh, no, right? It's like the simple answer. <laughs> right, but I mean, and, and nobody wants to count. They're like, no, 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 so let's just figure out the math. If I do this many threes and this many sevens, and this many fives, will it'll just come out right. And it's like, yeah, but what if you don't want to play that one every time in those, you know, I don't I don't want to be like, here comes three threes and a seven. (laughs) It always works to 16. Like, uh, I don't I don't want to do that, you know. So, yeah, learning how to be able to count even the threes as 16th notes in the beginning, you need to be able to count. I think you need to be able to count all of the notes and just accentuate. The uh, accent with your voice of one e and a two e and a three e and a four e and a one e and a two e and but eventually you need to be able to count quarter notes one ah one two three four one two three four and a one you know and then you know how to get out of it yeah what do you think bud I mean
0: that's exactly it I think for me being able to write it out on paper so you can physically Mm -hmm. see how things line up to the beat is is way more effective than trying to like like visualize it if you can't which i think is one of the most the best advantages of learning how to read music is you you can all of a sudden start visualizing notation rather than abstract how does a five and a seven fit over 16th notes but you can't see what it looks like so i think being able to write it down and see what where does the five land against the pulse and then you just kind of memorize that you know that it's going to be on the beat it's going to be on the first 16th note off the beat. Right, I mean, off
1: the beat, then the and.
0: Yeah, you can kind of see how. The it And now, yeah. for me, it just becomes, all right, I know if I'm going into fives, that's, that cycle takes five quarter notes to resolve back to
1: one. Right. And then I can. The other thing, too, is, you know, being able to play with a pulse. So this doesn't help on the overall one of a 4-4 four, four bar. But I, I've learned all my odd groupings against a quarter note pulse with my left foot. So yeah, I wasn't just off in the ether floating around. At least I knew I was in time. Um, and then figuring out that one. But I think, um, you know, Yost Nickel has a new book. I think it's just called The Fill Book. Yeah, it is. Yeah, check that out, man. Because that that's his whole thing is these odd groupings and how two bar phrases, how you go over the bar line with these odd groupings, but you still land on the one. And and once you do a couple thousand combinations, then it, it all starts to make sense. It's a new language, and once you get it down, you'll be able to speak it. Yep. So count. That's the short answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, loud. Yeah. that was it back like eight minutes ago before we went on our tangents.
0: <laughs> all right. One more. We've got this is from TJ. I didn't screw that name up. Nope. Um, so what are some things that you've spent a lot of time practicing in the past uh, that you wish you hadn't spent so much time on?
1: Ooh. Man, I was I thought it was gonna take a different turn. I was like I was ready to tell you the things that I practiced in the past that still benefit me today. We'll do that next week. Um, what about you? Nothing.
0: There's not one thing that I've practiced in the past that I would say did not benefit me in some way or other. I mean Great answer. Spending two years on left foot clave has not resulted in any Afro Cuban gigs, but it's definitely freed up my left foot to be able to play whatever I want whenever I want within a groove to kind of give me some extra texture or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. So
0: there's not one thing that I think I've, pra- I've practiced a ton of double bass. I've used double bass maybe once in the past 15 years, but now my f- my feet are just in more control and more, you know, yeah. I- So yeah, I can't I think of anything that I've practiced that I'm like, man, four mallet marimba. Have I played four mallet marimba in the past 15 years? <laughs> no, but no. I saw you throw some some four stick <laughs> stuff going to get yeah.
1: textures, so... Yeah. Um yeah, I would say probably the most frivolous thing that I practiced if, if I was looking through my whole timeline and going for like, okay, what's the goofiest thing? I'd say I'd probably I've clocked a good forty to fifty hours of in front of the mirror in the bathroom air drumming. Yeah, well, I never regret it. Yeah. I can perform. I have no fear of looking like I'm getting into it when i play drums yeah i i'm i have it i have it down because i put in the time um when people want me to cover a rock gig i don't have to worry like how do you look like a rocker it's like dude i air drummed (laughs) to every deftone song to every motley cruz song like i i know how to do that so even the things that would seem completely frivolous are still completely valid so i'm with you buddy yeah so nothing don't be afraid practice it all i guess is the (laughs) ultimate answer (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure he'll write in and be like so it's cool that I did well honestly I don't think I can think of anything if somebody said I, I'm going to do a buzz roll for a year it's like that's Good. awesome yeah your, that would your be the touch thing you could do <laughs> your touch is going to be yeah what would be something
0: that I think would be completely unnecessary I mean maybe having like 35 pedals and, and hitting like every possible percussive
1: instrument but still there's going to be independence and still, there's going to be yeah I, I'm thinking like you know chris adler practicing two years of brushes how would that be bad (laughs) how would it be bad i mean (laughs) but i mean how would that be bad for him right you know (laughs) it probably wouldn't be fun to watch for the first three months but at some point i mean it could transform him as a drummer so i can't think of anything that we could make fun of that still wouldn't be something valuable in the end practice always makes you better I can't think of anything. Unless
0: you're just practicing really crappy technique on purpose. Like right, You're, you're practicing okay. breaking drum heads or something like that.
1: I don't feel that practice makes perfect. I feel that practice makes permanent. Yeah. However you practice, you'll do it that way for the rest of your life. So, agreed. But that would, you know, I don't know, maybe works for the people that we look up to, like Daru Jones and Keith Carlock, where I would say from the outset, on mute... Oh, that's horrible technique and then you listen to them and it's like uh that's amazing yeah. and i wish i could do that yeah so it, it's it's endless all right thanks for sending in your questions guys please keep sending them in mdinfo at moderndrummer.com uh we, we love hearing from you guys it's awesome and thanks again to everybody just for supporting us for the past two years this has turned into something that mike and i could have never predicted and you guys just so you know are the reason that we try so hard to make this you know to never skip weeks Um, we've skipped one week right yeah took one week off I felt terrible about it honestly I know (laughs) and then when we got back to it it took me like two weeks to get back to our normal groove (laughs) I was like what is this thing that we do yeah Yeah. but you know you guys are the reason we do everything yeah we'll never take another day off (laughs) so sorry Slaves to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys for everything. It, it really means a lot. Have an amazing holiday season. Enjoy the time away from the kit. I'm going to steal my cousin's kit or my cousin, my nephew's kit, and just rip chops on it the whole time that nice. I'm in LA. So it'll be awesome, buddy. Have fun with the family and the chaos. You don't have a pick of the week. What the hell are you doing here, <laughs> dog? I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm so like I'm literally staring at like contractors. Turning my studio into like this dream vision I've had, and I'm I, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and straight up admit it. I'm kind of itching to be like, okay, so if we do the like, you don't even know what's coming. Wait, the symbol boxes can be turned on their side and now; they're diamonds. What? Uh, yeah, oh, you know the little
0: teaser you put up with the backlights. That's gonna be epic. It's pretty. Neat. I mean, it's so stupid, but it's so. It's. I mean, all it, of a sudden, the it, wall has life. Is it the goal to kind of make the the background just kind of disappear? Is that kind of what's happening?
1: No, you'll see. There. No. The. So that's. I mean, I would say that that was at a one tenth of being finished. Okay. I, I was just excited that we had light and I had a remote control in my hand (laughs) and I can control it temperature wise from as warm as I want to as cool as I want. So I can match it with my lighting in the room. Okay. Um, I don't have to be like, Oh, well that's awfully blue. Um, yeah, it's, it goes from literally from blue to yellow and everything in between. And I even have like a disco button where it just kind of like alternates (laughs) so we can have a party in here. Um, okay. I do have a pick of the week and I'm kind of excited about it. So, (laughs) uh, go for it. I will. <laughs> okay. So you've been on this roller coaster with me of Picks of the Weeks that I have pretty much purchased every Bluetooth in-ear earbuds that yeah. they've come right, out with. Right. right. I bought the braggy yep. ones. I bought these ones. I bought those ones. I was in the airport coming back from San Diego. Uh, man, we should have talked about that. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. I had an amazing meeting with Aquarian in San Diego um, at their... Marketing team's headquarters, but I was coming back from San Diego, and I didn't bring anything for my ears. I, I did because it was it's only like a forty minute flight. I didn't bring my in ears. I didn't bring mm. my earbuds, and so you know those little uh, Best Buy vending machines. Yeah, right. I was oh, like, All yeah. right, let me yeah. go, like a let me just go get something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I'm like, fine, I'll just get something, and they had the Apple AirPods. Oh, okay. Which I've kind of talked some smack about, at least in my head. Maybe not on the show. But I'm like, dude, those look silly. Yeah. They do look they're weird. Not, they're, not, <laughs> they do. they're not massively expensive. They're about 150 So they were kind of in the range where I was like, all right, I've got the business card. Mm. Amber, won't, Amber won't know about this for a good three, four days. Let's just <laughs> drop some heat. So I got them, and they blow everything out of the water. Well, everything yeah. I've tried. Yeah, I've spent $500 on stuff. I've spent $300. They blow everything out of the water because in old school Apple fashion, they just do their job. You put them in. I don't know how they've weighted them different, but they don't fall out at all. No, I mean, I've, I've been at the gym with them for a week now, huh. and I can't even get them to budge a little bit. But they're so light, you don't know they're in, which I love. And they have the furthest distance I've experienced going away from my phone without the Bluetooth part cutting out. Um, I can literally have the phone, you know, maybe thirty to forty feet away from me, and there's no degradation in sound. Now it does, is really. Do they cool. have like a microphone so you can? Speak oh yeah. In, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There. I mean, I, I literally like. I'm slowly becoming that guy that because I well, <laughs> the insane the person is, that wanders around talking to the air, <laughs> or that just has two Q-tips sticking out of his ear. But the thing is, like, I'm. I forget that I'm wearing them. They're so light that, hmm. uh, you know, with the other ones, they were shoved in my ear and they were heavy and they were kind of poking me. I was very conscious that I had a something in my ear. With these, I don't know that they're in at all, and they don't budge. Um, I've gone running with them. I've been to the gym, like I said. I I've used them for quiet practice, like because they are not in ears. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have to. I put the music on. I put on uh that song that we i recommended last week so beautiful by robert glasper um, Mm -hmm. with damian reed on drums and i just play as quiet as i can so yeah i would really recommend them i know that they're kind of silly um but they they actually are the best that i've experienced wait yeah buddy maybe Santa,
0: santa claus might drop some of those in
1: my stocking this year we'll see Maybe Santa Johnston already sent them <laughs> to you, but I can confirm that he did not. But maybe I should now that I said it.
0: <laughs> My pick is there's a company that makes pretty cool accessories called Revolution Drum Company. Yeah, buddy. Or drum accessory. And they have their, uh, their own moon gel type dampener pads that are called True Tones. Um, and what I like about them is they come in a little square, you know, almost like a vitamin box. You know, like you okay. divide up like your week's worth of vitamins or something. Yeah. So it's this nice reusable, resealable box that, that you can just fit in your pocket and take to the gig. It comes with I don't know the actual sizes, but there's maybe an inch and a half for the bigger one and, and maybe three quarters of an inch for the smaller one. Two sizes. Yeah, something smaller like that. And larger. Yeah, and they're and they're so you get You get four of the big ones and six of the small ones, and they're thin, so you can actually layer two on top of each other if you want more dampening. Instead of putting it on different parts of the head, you can just stick another one right on top of it, and it doesn't stick up super high. So I used these on the gig on Saturday when the second rack tom just needed a little bit of dampening. I just put one of the small ones on it, and it was perfect. It didn't fly off. They're clear, so you don't even see them. That's the Um, best. It didn't stick to my drum case when I put the drum back in the case. And awesome. and
1: did it collect a lot of gunk it, or did it stay pretty clean?
0: It stayed clean. It stayed clean cool. and, and it stayed tacky. It, it didn't like all of a sudden become flopping around after I removed it one time. Cool. So yeah, these are you know if you're looking for something, what I, I think is really the case and the fact that they're two sizes is what did it for me because I can I can throw it in my stick bag and it's you know and it, you right. get more. It's not like with Moon Joe, I think you just get maybe four pads per
1: container. Right this you're getting what is it eight plus that you're getting what a crazy little part of uh our industry that's just it's like everybody's racing to have the coolest yeah gel dampener um i think uh minel's coming out with their own uh at nam this year and and i mean everybody is but um i know that with these i got to talk to jonathan over there at revolution um because i'm a revolution case artist and so i I definitely want to try these out I will check these out for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it comes down to like how how long do they stay with strength? Um, are they easy right. to stick on and off? And do they have some kind of container? Because I don't want to have these gooey things just all right. over my
1: kit all the time. You know? Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one for sure. So and I and yeah, clear is is a big deal for me. So. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Check out True Tones premium drum dampeners. Uh, from revolution you can probably find them at i would assume almost any store now um and i'm sure you yeah. can order them anywhere
0: i believe they're wow. distributed by big bang i think so they, they should are. be available just about anywhere
1: um but yeah check there them you out go. very cool awesome all right brother we'll have an amazing holiday enjoy the family and uh we will i don't we're not going to miss a beat right we're going to be here next week like we're gonna normal be
0: here next week and we're going to ring in 2018 like like bosses. Man. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so our outro our outro groove is Michael Albrecht.